Welcome back to the Jake and Bowers Show. You've seen our next guest on television shows like Mike and Molly, maybe even going as far back as Yes, Dear. And you now know him very easily as Bob from Bob Hart's Abishola. You have a veggie dog now. What's that? Like a boiled carrot? Comes from barbecue sauce. You and me ate here a lot. After every fight with your mother, you and me ate here a lot. Your mother is a passionate woman. I don't know how you guys stay together so long. Your mother is a passionate woman. Uh, Please welcome actor, comedian, Billy Gardell. Hey. Billy, is that you? That's me, my man. What's going on? Well, Bauer and I are just hanging out here in Minnesota wondering how you are doing today. You look fabulous, by the way. Oh, that's very kind, man. I I am doing better than I deserve. That's how I'm doing. (laughs) How often do you get to Minnesota? Uh, I used to play there all the time. I I would, uh, there were some casinos that I played up there and, um, and I, uh, I've played Acme, which is a wonderful comedy club. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I dig, I dig your city as long as it's not uh, tunnel weather. As long as we don't have to walk in the tunnels, <laughs> I dig your city. <laughs> which would All be right. about like six months out of the year. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's so funny. When I was up there years ago for the Jameson, I was on a Jameson whiskey tour with some wonderful comics, Steve Byrne and Nick Griffin and Bert Kreischer and Danny wow. Bevins. You know, we landed and it was snowing and we were like, you know, why are all these buildings connected with tunnels? And then uh, it hit about 7 p.m. and we were like, oh, that's why. Right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all clear. We're all clear. Yeah, we, we have a lot more survivors every winter because of that. Yeah. Ooh, man. You guys ain't messing around. But what was great was, I'll tell you, we, what the, the day we were all supposed to fly out of the tour, uh, I think you guys got like 13 inches of snow the night before. And we were all convinced there's no way we're getting out, man. We're getting canceled. And uh, apparently we were the only ones that were worried about it up there. Cause they were like, Oh no, yeah, your plane's good to go. Good right? to you. There was no, there wasn't even an interruption in the service. I put <laughs> our pilots up against Bush pilots any day of the week. Yeah, I would too, brother. I would too. <laughs> de-icing? What's de-icing? We're just getting you the heck out of here. That's all that matters. Strap in, boys. We're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Billy, so Billy, you, first of all, Bob Hart's Amishola, Mondays, 830 uh, Eastern on CBS, 730 Central. Uh, another year of Bob Hart's Amishola. I got a question for you. I think you're kind of, tell me if I'm wrong. On this. Maybe you won't even admit to this, but I think you might. You're kind of like the Peyton Manning. Or Tom Brady of sitcoms in the the fact that you've made stars out of nobodies like Melissa McCarthy. Let's face it, Melissa McCarthy, pretty big right now, right? And we've seen her like on those commercials with like the Property Brothers throwing stuff and whatnot. But you, in essence, until Melissa worked with you, she didn't find that fame. So you're like the Tom Brady of sitcoms. Well, that's a very nice compliment, but I would say that her and I found each other. And I think, uh, and being a part of that first cast, that Mike and Molly cast, that, that cast was like the 96 Chicago Bulls. There was just, it didn't matter who you made the story about, they could carry the show. And when you have that, you have a, you have a very great chance of doing something super special. And, and I, I, I kind of feel like Brady and Brady and Manning in the way that, you know, I've been in the league. I've somehow yeah. survived the league for 10 years now. And, and that is one of my, my greatest accomplishments. And, and it, I'm very blessed to have, you know, someone like Chuck Lorre, who not only put me in that position in Mike and Molly, but then three years after the show was over, said, you know what? I got something else for you. 
And I went to his office and I said, all right, what are you thinking? He goes, I think you're a Detroit compression sock salesman who falls in love with a Nigerian cardiac nurse. I'm <laughs> <laughs> in, man. Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> Great pitch right there. You know, I mean, who else says something like, oh, I don't even know how you came up with that. You know? Right. Well, that sounds like a winner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who needs yeah. another Seinfeld? Right. Well, well, what what that guy did for my career, man, if he just said, Billy, can you come over here and cut my grass? I would have. Uh-huh. So I'm just really so grateful to be in the mix of another fun ensemble. And, you know, I think the secret sauce with, with sitcoms is is making an audience care, you know, and if they care, they're going to stay with you and then they're going to laugh at, at your follies, but they're also going to feel with you. And I think we have a nice blend of that happening with this show again. I got to ask when you do this show and, and of course, Mike and Molly, you're on the streets. Do people just feel like they know you? They just come up and talk to you like you're their next door neighbor. Yeah. I, there's a real factor to that, man. And I'm pretty approachable, man. I'll take a picture and shake hands with just about anybody. If they're not being a weirdo. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, there's always that rules us there. out. Yeah. Like we have to move on now. Um, <laughs> but most people, man, I, I just look at it like they bought my house. They paid for my son's college education, so they deserve my kindness. So I've always kept that in my mind. And and I'm always happy that, that it, it brings people joy. I mean, over the years in the sitcom, you know, you start out in this business going, you know, look at me, listen to me, 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 me. But I think as you get older and you realize when you when you read some letters like you helped us get through a hard time or my dad was sick and this is the show he wanted to watch. Like when you start to hear those things, you understand that maybe you're here for a little bit of a better reason than just yourself. And so I've always tried to bring that to my work. Billy, you've done stand-up comedy for quite a long period of time, in addition to television and, and movies. And with that, I was, did you at one point in time, is this a, a true statement from Wikipedia that you opened up for, uh, of all people, George Carlin? Yeah. <laughs> Way back uh, in the 80s in Orlando, um, an opening act got sick, and through somebody who knew somebody, I got the call to do 12 minutes in front of them. And uh, I did 12 minutes, and I did okay, and then I ran to the back of the room and watched him, because it was like watching the Jedi Master work. And, um, and you know, afterwards, I I said, you know, can you just give me some advice? And he said... He said, you got to write what you live, write what you live. And I said, well, what if nothing's uh, interesting in what I'm doing while I'm living? He said, well, then get busy being interesting. Get busy finding interesting things and connect, connect to your audience. Always have one foot in the audience and one foot on the stage. I love that. I love that. And I think more entertainers need to do that as well and keep that as sort of a guideline as well. And you've now been able to do that for not just the stand-up comedy, but for a couple of sitcoms. And and as I said, you're kind of, I imagine a lot of people want and have their goal to work with you. What, Like, for instance, in, in, in Bob Hart's Habeshola, next episode that's coming up, you can tell us a little bit about what we can expect from Monday night's episode. But I imagine people in Hollywood are like, not only is Billy approachable? Not only is he somebody who's got that, you know, the, the Brady Manning factor, but that people just want to be able to work with you. Well, I, I've, I've had a pretty good reputation of being a pro and being kind and being a decent set leader and putting the show above myself. And I think when you do that for years, people start to believe it and go, no, we can count on this guy. Yeah. And that's afforded me a very lovely career. All right, tell us about the next uh, next episode of what we can expect from Bob Hart's Abishola. 
Well, Bob is in this place where I think everybody gets to when they get into their 50s and they realize, you know, there's less summers in front of you than there are behind you. Mm -hmm. And he's having a little bit of a midlife crisis. And so he's going to make some crazy choices. And, you know, with that comes, you know, the wife has to adjust to that and the family has to adjust to that until he comes to his senses. And I think it's fun to play that, that thing of, you know, what do I do with the rest of my life? And I think that's a neat thing to play on this year. I think it's been a very fun storyline so far, but I don't know much further than that. Cause Chuck always keeps us like a week or two. Like we don't ever go past a week or two of what we're going to be doing to keep us like you know, on real time. Yeah. So I never know what's coming down the pike until Tuesday night when I get that first script and it makes it exciting for us. Cause like, okay, what are we going to get into? And apparently this week I've lost my mind. I'm going to buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, uh, it has been fantastic getting the opportunity to speak with you. We look forward to uh, the next edition of Bob Hart's Abishola. I can't wait to see you. Uh, is there? Are you still writing? Are we going to be able to see you doing some more stand-up sometime soon? You know, um, thank you, first of all, for your time today and having me on. I do appreciate it. And thank you, everybody who's watching the show. Um, I have not done stand-up since the beginning of COVID, but I think I may dust off my shoes. Yeah. Uh, uh, after after this season's over, there's a chance I may go back out next summer and get back on the boards. All right. That'd be fantastic, Billy. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, sir. We greatly appreciate Thank it. Thank you, guys. Mondays on CBS. Have a great day. Our thanks to Billy Gardell. Catch him on Bob Hart's Abishola CBS Monday nights. Coming up, hour number two of the Jake and Bauer show. And this time next hour, we will have spoken with the woman who played the mom in E.T. And dare I say, the reason the term cougar is referencing hot moms these days. D. Wallace, no relation, zero relation to George Wallace. She'll be joining us in hour number two of the Jake and Bauer show.